It's American-made. It's world-approved. It's world-approved. That was Connor Falk. I'm Ernesto Casillas. We got a lot to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, my fellow set show fans out there in the United States, if you like sports, if you like movies, if you like the NFL and NBA, you are listening to The Right Show. I'm Ernesto Casillas, and as always, joining me, my good friend and co-host, Connor Falk. This is Connor Falk. Sounds like a bad word, but it's not. Like you said, that's sports, that's entertainment, that's talk. All those things you want to listen to and kind of mess around with in your boredom time, beat in class and some terrible traffic in LA around the world, that's what we're here for. And if you just heard our intro that is rocky there's nothing that gets us going more than the rocky theme song we've been doing uh what workouts training montages we got a big show today it's a big show man and we got a big show because we got Teddy and Tommy, uh, Tommy and Teddy from fanape.com, our our fellow social media Twitter brothers. How you doing, guys? Oh my god, we've been doing basalt and push-ups and broken glass. Did you guys do the uh, Dark Knight Rises broken back? You had like twelve push-ups and then you were good, right? You ready to go? Oh my god, you guys got us pumped up. I hope you're ready for a good show, boys. We are, we are. Hell yeah. And just so you guys know, uh, check out Tommy and Teddy on their show on Sound Out, uh, SoundCloud.com on Hello Neighbor every single week. And fanape.com, a site where they got a lot of cool sports stuff going on, a lot of different shows. So certainly excited to have these guys here. Question number one, why don't you take that, Ernesto? Guys, so how did you get going with your podcast talking about sports, movies, and things you guys love as friends? Well, this is Ted here with Fanny. Guys, thank you so much for having us on. If I had to say one person that was directly responsible for us getting into podcasting, that would be Chris Townsworth from Monday Night Football. Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. You guys knew Chris personally? Or? Indirectly. I mean, the personality, uh, did you ever see Bates in Toyland live action where they had the trade that moved around? The what? Those Sorry. Guys had, the trade that moved around at Bates in Toyland. Yes. They had more personality than Chris Collinsworth. Okay. Or perhaps a, a cigar store wooden Indian. Yes. Yeah. More personality. So what we would basically do is the bar that Tommy worked at and I used to work at, we'd actually mute the TV for primetime football and provide our own commentary. And it was usually a bar watch of the bar, so eight, nine people. Eventually it just became everyone would shut up and it would be just Tommy and I. And I would be getting progressively more inebriated while Tommy served me. Okay. The bartender should. Overserved you. Yeah, and uh, then uh, we say, you know, there should be a drunk fan mode. Oh, man. What's that? Like a button like SAP. Instead of Spanish, you get like, you know, just some guy yammering like, I love the Bears from the 80s. Dolphins <laughs> suck. Oh, that would be awesome. And, uh, and we decided to do podcasting. We tried to do something like one night football. It didn't really work out with uh, delay, but uh, Hello Neighbor started as a uh, groundswell, I guess, just trying to get a following. And you said exactly from the emails we were talking about that it was actually Hello Neighbor, like it was exactly that. Your friends, your family, people that you lived around, you came over to their house and you said, Hello Neighbor, how's it going? Would you like to talk on a podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, I mean, this is Tommy. I mean, I came out of New York City. I was creative director in advertising. I've done a bunch of comedy. Songs with you. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, I came, I came down here. I didn't know Teddy. I started. I ran into Teddy, and then he's like, hey, look, you know, I have a lot of friends. And then he introduced me to all these people that eventually became our mutual friends. And very, very quietly, there, there's a ton of talent down, down here in D.C., but there are not the appropriate venues to really showcase those people. Mm. And we kind of had a, a little back and forth of conversations where, like, you know what, these people, their voices and their talents need to be heard. And that was kind of part of the genesis of Low Neighbor. Well, yeah, man, me and Connor kind of thought about the same way. We wanted to add value to our show by bringing guests in that are directly related to sports and entertainment. I mean, what would you guys say your best segment, your best guest has been on Hello Neighbor? Well, I mean, tell me, best guest or best experience? Well, best guest would definitely be Matt Rice. A friend of mine for about eight years from a band called Yesterday Saints. They actually launched their Northeast Tour tonight. That's right. They're doing 20 days straight, like no breaks on the road. And that's episode oh, wow. 44 on uh, Hello Neighbor, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, now that, that was probably our best guess because, you know, it was literally just like a conversation that he and I would have except we were recording it. So all the emergencies there, talk about the moms and all that good stuff, was all there. Um, 
but you have the improv skills too. And, and a lot of times you'd be very shocked, and I'm sure you guys are starting to experience this, where you have a very robust personality, a public persona like a musician, and they have a very different type of stage presence, but once you get them on the air, they can clam up, and you get a lot of yes or no answers, which is not a very great driving force for an interview. It's not a good interview at all. We would actually find that in the first segment, the majority of the shows would be people that are friends of ours that would be up there on stage yelling and screaming and playing and doing all that and pandering to the audience. And then you put a mic in front of them with no no uh, no music behind them, and they're just or an audience or an audience. They're just shut up. Yeah. So so just like pulling teeth trying to get something out of them. But Matt writes that. I mean, to go back to your to your question, sorry to digress so horribly, but um, he's he's the kind of individual that has the intelligence. He has the persona and the affectation. He's he's a true entertainer. So even if you're just alone with this guy in the room, his improv skills are off the hook. I mean, he's like a professional improv comedian. Mm. So that's what made, it, at least in, in our estimation, that episode uh, so uh, beautiful. Yeah, it's always good when you have a quick mind as a guest. You know, someone who's really fast, like you said, the improv, knows the timing and everything, and just the flow of what it takes to be on radio, you know, podcasts in general, the, to be entertaining and whatnot, to kind of be yourself at the same time. So it's really a gift. It's, I think it's one of those things you either have or you don't. And uh, luckily for us, Ernesto and I, each episode, I think we learn more and more about what it takes, you know, our chemistry together, exactly to try to have that flow of what it takes for a show like Hello Neighbor on Fan Ape. And uh, one thing I want to ask for our listeners, people who, you know, maybe they're thinking, hey, this is pretty entertaining. These guys seem pretty cool. One, uh, one and Washington, other in California and Cali, and I would say that, uh, you know, what would you, any tips for people to uh, do a podcast? Like, what do they need? I remember you said something about a formation. No, run away. No, I just sent the email. I said, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, you did. Don't <laughs> follow your advice. Don't. <laughs> you said don't, but then you had some great words about to have a plan, and I think that's something people re- really need to learn is know, do you, you know, know what you're going to do, you know? Well, no, exactly. I mean, with anything you're going to do, if you want to do anything that is worthwhile, you have to know. You have to know something about it, and you have to know what you want your target to be. Yeah. And I'll just reiterate what I've said in the email. I mean, I have friends of mine that I went to college with. They're like, "You're going to start a podcast about music up in New York." And I was like, "Okay, that's awesome. There's a lot of music up in New York. There's a lot of great local bands." Yeah. What are you going to do? Are you going to focus on local? Are you going to focus on stuff that comes out on indie, indie labels? What? <laughs> Okay, good luck with that. So, you know, I'll talk to you in six months. <laughs> you have to have something. You have to have something to say, and you have to figure out what your demographic is. But you have to own your own voice before you bring that out to the public. So, know what you want to say. Are, at the are, same are, time, are, you don't need to have something to say that's important. I mean, look at Tommy. No, exactly. See, but 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 try to make a try to make a determination. Is this going to be an entertaining show? Is that the driving force behind it, or, or is it an informative show? Is it a financial show? Hmm. And we can go into any type of uh, you know venue in, in terms of how you want to host a podcast. But the most important thing is, is to literally be passionate about what you want to present, because it's the only way that you're going to drive the show and eventually accumulate an audience. Because it's a very doing a podcast unlike terrestrial radio, is a very personal experience. A lot of these people, yeah. like we were having a conversation before, they're listening to it when they're working out or they're in their cars, um, so or they're doing their dishes or something like that. But um, at the same time, it's a, it's a very intimate experience, unlike watching TV, because it's, it's driven by a very select audience that is choosing to listen to you yes i gotta agree with you man our me and connor we started out as more of an informative show and we started talking about fantasy football because we were so you know encompassed in that game uh bringing students information on you know waiver wire pickups free agents like that and then we started doing more entertainment we're including movies and sports and let's talk about sports with you guys Uh, why don't we start with you teddy what's your favorite sports team Uh, let's, let's talk about the nfl (laughs) you make fun of it all you want. What's the combined record for the last two years, Teddy? It's been, what, they've had seven wins in the last two seasons? It's been a 20-year cycle of suffering. And they've had 74 quarterbacks in the past four years? Something like that. Mark Rickard started in last game. They've had 24 starting QBs in, like, 23 years. Oh, my God. What do you mean? You're not about all... Mediocrity. Yeah, you know who's the best? The number one starting QB with best record? That would be... Brad Johnson went 20 and 16 over his two seasons with uh, 99 2000. 
Brad Johnson, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And then you had a uh, think about the the bad times with Gus Farrat, you know, Heath Schuler. So at quarterback, oh, had, Gus Farrat was the number one backup ever in the league, my man. Okay, we had him first. You had him. That's like the, that's like the, I'm a Raider fan, so it's like the Raiders. We have all these guys who do terrible with the Raiders, and they go to other teams, and all these people are like, oh, who's this new Pro Bowl caliber guy? And it's like, oh, well, we got a new, you know, got a new place. You got a new city. Feels better about himself. So okay, talking but the about Raiders, you're like. We just got somebody on work release. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you all just signed Roy Hulu Jr. from us, a product of Nebraska. Hey, I got to tell you, man, I've been big on Roy Hulu that rookie season, over 600 yards, only those that six to eight games he played. The guy has hands, and Nebraska has a good history of running back, so I'm pretty excited about that. Derek Carr is from my hometown, Bakersfield, California. Shout out. So football's very big there. You know, There's not many things to do, so sports and movies, that's about all you're going to do unless you're going to get into breaking bad stuff. So having a receiver yeah, well, back. Hulu, Hulu's going to be used, utilized as, as, as a third-down pass reception uh, uh, running back coming out of the backfield. But you guys got that new cat, um, the running back uh, that was injured late in the season. He blew up for a, a couple games. Or, or Latavius two, Murray. Latavius Murray, yeah. yeah. I, I think he may be the real deal. It's going to take a few games to see if he is. But um, any indication, I, I think you have a great running back on your hands. What, what did they do with McFadden? Uh, McFadden's currently a free agent, so I don't think we're going to re-sign him unless he really comes on a hometown deal. But the, with the way running backs work now, I mean, five, six years in, you're already a vet, and they're going to go for that younger guy, you know? So Steven Jackson's a free agent. I remember when Steven Jackson was best back in the league, so it's father time's never down. So, uh, you know, all these guys start start kind of weeding out and start retiring or whatnot. I mean, Patrick Willis, did that surprise you guys, a linebacker in his prime? I'm still stuck on Steven Jackson. I think he's a spokesperson for Jenny Craig now or something. <laughs> oh, I got, that's Jericho. smart, though. Jericho. Well, hey, man, that's his retirement fund. You can't take that away from exactly. him. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Darren McFadden still is, you know, if you think about it, he's probably still not considered a veteran because he hasn't actually pl- has he played a full season yet. Uh, last year was his first year, actually. He played all 16 games, but his yard oh per carry God. average was under three yards, so certainly not a good player at all. But, uh, you know, after all these years, after 12 years, I can tell you, you know, one of the worst days of my life was in 2000, 2001, watching that, you know, Raiders loss to Tampa Bay. It was just so bad, you know, five inter- or th- four interceptions Gannon had. So I mean, we're just trying to get that I, memory. Five. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the Super Bowl record, true five. Okay. Okay. Exactly. And I would. I would. Okay. Uh, and moving on to. No, uh, I think I think Neil O'Donnell tied for that with oh, Neil O'Donnell threw four. No, when the Steelers lost the Cowboys, Neil O'Donnell threw the ball. Was it four? Yeah. Four. Okay. Well, okay. That's good. You said that because I want to move. Saying from Raiders, we can go to one of our biggest rivals. A reason we don't have two rings back in the seventies to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is your favorite team, Tommy. So what do you think about them? I mean, Paul Amalu might not be a Steeler anymore. I don't know. Hold on a second. I need a moment to dust off my six Super Bowl rings. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what did you say? I'm sorry. Palomalu. Troy Palomalu. Yeah, well, okay. Here, here's the deal with the Steelers. The Steelers, the Steelers secondary, their defense is, I think, the, the, the second oldest secondary in the league right now. Yeah. Now, they just lost Jason World. Huge thing. Big surprise. 27 years old. Retired. Yeah. They were going to use him as a trading chip, um, possibly, uh, to reduce some of their cap. But Palomalu is definitely past his prime. They need to, in, in this next draft coming up, they definitely need to rejuvenate their, their defense more than their offense. They still have enough capable weapons. I'm not worrying about Heath Miller. I'm not worrying about their, especially with Le'Veon Bell, oh, the running guys, game. Yeah. Uh, and, and Antonio they Brown. Enough in the tank, I would expend all my efforts on rejuvenating that defense at this point. Absolutely. Antonio Brown, I mean, just looked unstoppable this last season. Maybe, get, maybe getting a solid number two receiver. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, Dwayne Bowe is someone to think about. There's some guys out there. There you go. You get Dwayne Bowe. Oh, he's a little long in the tooth. He is, what? but he has hands and maybe a veteran leadership for those younger receivers they have, you know? But, uh, he, was born with, he was born with two hands. That's true. He's born with two hands. I would rather just draft somebody and groom him up at this point. Well, see, Dwayne Bowe, I'll always say, because it made me so sad, because you can ask anybody who knew me at the time, I did not want us to take Jamarcus Russell. Uh, you could have given me five minutes in room with the guy, and I would have said, okay, I'm not going to give this guy $38 million guaranteed. The workout king. Yeah, and, and Dwayne Bowe had a huge season at LSU. He was a great player, and he really got Jamarcus Russell drafted number one because of what he did. So I've always just had that for Dwayne Bowe. Un- underrated player i think underrated career but eventually as we said you know father time takes everyone yeah the raiders i mean with the jamarcus russell thing i mean you're talking about 20 minutes in a room with uh, with him i mean two things are going to happen you're you're going to you're going to be like 
where did all the finger sandwiches go and who took my wallet? <laughs> I mean, that was... <laughs> and who raided my medicine cabinet? Yeah. The Raiders in the past 10 years, dude. Oh, it was tough, man. So, you know, as you guys know as fans, it's really, it's tough. We have we have absolutely no control of what these millionaires are doing with these teams. And sometimes it's so simple at what has to be done, you know? So partly of why you start an analysis show is to give other people to talk about what they're also feeling, you know? Like, oh, yeah, exactly. We, sh- we should have Calvin Johnson right now. Imagine Calvin Johnson in the silver and black. It would be ridiculous, you know? So I have a... I have a love-hate relationship with your prior owner. God, God bless him. I think he's in a cryogenic chamber somewhere. Yeah. Al Davis. Okay. That guy, he's like, you know, no, seriously, you know, yeah, I know you're serious. Well, you won't shut up. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's amazing. So who is who is taking that legacy? Who's actually running the ownership of that team and, and making the decisions now? Right now, well, it's a combination, really, between Jack Del Rio and Reggie McKenzie. Uh, Mark Davis is, is the owner, but he's not. Al, Al Davis was a coach before he was a he was an actual right. football coach before he started becoming an owner. He was an incredible coach before he lost his mind. And, and, yeah, exactly. He lost his <laughs> mind. But like, I don't know if you guys seen The Dark Knight Rises, and they say, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. That's how it works in sports. That's what I would say. Every superstar eventually, look what Kobe's kind of dragging down us Lakers right now. Eventually, it never works out. You know, all that glory, eventually you pay the price. And that's what we had to do. What will Kobe coming back to? He's, he, he's obviously at a point where his, his skill set has, has degenerated to the, to the point where what, what are the Lakers going to do with him? Are they going to put him in on, on, on partial games? Or are they going to give him a limited set of minutes that he's able to participate? Well, I think in, last mean, year of his contract, he's just going to be the halftime show. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers, <laughs> the, the Lakers aren't going to do This is a strange time. This is a strange time for, for, for the Golden Purple, dude, because you have to look at the Lakers, and they have never sucked this horribly. Well, hey, man, for 20 straight years. After Magic left, there was a four-year period. They didn't win, I think, 20 games. Yeah, I mean, for 20... For two decades, when you go into the NBA Finals every other season, I mean, eventually it's going to have a bad ending, man. What are the Lakers going to do at this point? They're saying thank you to Kobe. They're giving him his final paycheck. He's going to walk off into the sunset as the second best Laker of all time behind Magic mm-hmm. Johnson, and that's just what it is, man. We have to rebuild during the draft, free agency. Hopefully we get Westbrook. Yeah. Me and Connor have talked on the show doing the GM game, but uh, that's what it is, wait, man. Wait, wait, wait. What, what about backtrack here for a second? I'm sorry to interrupt. What about Jerry West? What, what, what about... You know, Will Chamberlain. You're, you're talking about the who is the greatest in your estimation? No, well, I mean, number okay, one Laker of all time. Okay, what we talked about for Kobe Bryant is that for me, you know, he's getting overpaid now, a ridiculous amount. Even take four to five million, bro, and we can get another three point shooter or someone who could rebound for us right now. But so many times he played through the injuries and so many games in a row of constant final appearances, man. He should not have played. The other players would have taken the game off and Kobe played and still put up 38. Obviously, he's always shot a lot of shots. But Kobe Bryant, to me, is the toughest Laker. He's given us the most in terms of, of effort in that point. To me, the greatest Laker, by I mean, it's got to be Magic Johnson. Just be, I mean, a 6'9 point guard and what he can do. I mean, that's who LeBron James emulates. So I think we would say Magic, you know, five rings. He's yeah. the number one Laker. But Kobe, you know, with Shaq, won three. So uh, the Lakers, is really interesting time. Time, you know, and I got to tell you, all the haters out there, Laker haters, people who actually think that the Clippers are the Los Angeles team. Uh, gross. We're going to come back. And when we do, we'll find out who the real fans are. There was a great meme that said, and I sent it to Ernesto, and we tweeted about it from Sporting News, and it said, uh, uh, breaking news, uh, 49, bandwagon 49er fans are taking negotiations with other teams. So basically, we're going to find out in that same scenario who really cares about the team and who doesn't. You need to have a Jack Nicholson sunglass set at the stadium. Oh, that'd be <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, guys, we know you also talk about movies and shows on your uh, Hello Neighbor podcast weekly, so why don't you uh, throw our listeners out there some uh, movies and shows to watch? Okay, well, I mean, I work uh, between Stan and I work two other jobs, so the whole network television thing, I don't really watch that much. I think I said that in the email. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Archer, love the new season that's out there, and, and that's successful if you have on demand. But yeah. as far as movies, I usually go for the more obscure stuff, so... One that people would normally know would be, I guess, Guy Ritchie and Revolver that came out in the uh, late 90s. Ernesto loves that movie. Wait, wasn't that our American yeah. Movie of the Week not too long ago? I think we did have Revolver nice. as American Movie of the Week. Great movie. And did you just say you got married to that movie? <laughs> no. You we, and Ernesto? Each uh, week. You really love that movie. <laughs> hey, we're co-hosts. No judgment on our side, by the way. Not at all. No judgment. <laughs> hey, this is California, <laughs> man, all right? California. Yeah, so uh, uh, we have an American Movie of the Week each week, uh, kind of a movie we want our listeners to know that they wouldn't normally probably check out, you know, kind of make their weekend better. So uh, Revolver was for one of those weeks, so we certainly like that movie. I'm a big Guy Ritchie fan. Rock and Rolla is a big fan of mine, too. Yeah, that's a great movie as well. Another one would be uh, City of Lost Children. 
And that came out in 1995, and that was actually very young. Ron Perlman was in it. Ooh. It was a really good role for him because he didn't really talk. Okay. But uh, <laughs> that was that was actually that was more noir steampunk okay. before steampunk became the fad. So you can see a lot of things in that movie that now are like pop culture or the subculture of steampunk. Twenty years later, okay. I, I would even I would even go back and, and look at a film that did get some mainstream press, but uh, pretty much fell out of the favor of the, uh, the theaters in terms of the distribution of it. Was um, Blue Velvet by David Lynch? I mean, one of my all-time favorite films. Seriously, Heineken. Yeah, exactly. So I would endeavor, you know, to introduce the younger generation to that in terms of TV. Um, a great show that came out of Canada that never really got a lot of airplay. Trailer it was Park released Boys. on Showcase, which is Canada's version of Showtime, and it was called The Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, true. So I, I, it, great, great show. I don't know if you, any of you guys are familiar with that at all. We have, actually, on Netflix. We've checked it out, and it's a really good, uh, a dry humor, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dry humor supporter. I love that. And, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Trailer Park Boys. I can definitely see the Canadian in it, which I find uh, to be hilarious at times, just the cultural difference yeah. and whatnot, you know? And I love the, uh, the kind of mockumentary style that they do. I'm a big fan of that. So uh, overall, yeah, it was a great show. And I remember one of you guys said King of New York, a movie with uh, Christopher Walken and uh, Lawrence Fishburne, one of his first movies. And um, to be honest, when I first got Netflix like 10 years ago, I was just finding all those movies. I was searching. I want to find every good one I haven't seen. And King of New York was one of the first ones I ever got. And uh, I, I love that movie. Christopher Walken, extremely underrated actor. Yeah, that's a fabulous movie. Lawrence Fishburne, I think, is tailored as uh, he's credited as Larry Fishburne. Okay. Before he changed his name, right? But uh, at the same time, he doesn't—he doesn't get killed by Mr. Overactor David Caruso in that movie. Oh, David Caruso! <laughs> oh man! And I would also, because I—I I would uh, beseech any of uh, the the younger uh, listeners out there that aren't familiar with the entire canon of John Waters movies, all the way up to the point of Crybaby. Okay. But if you back search that that catalog, um, some really fantastic, uh, bizarre. Uh, entertaining um, point of view from, from a filmmaker that, that did get some major distri- distribution and some support, but uh, I think it's a, it's a great way to actually find alternative films. A- anything that John Waters has ever written or done prior to Crybaby, go, go out and uh, rent it on Netflix. Okay, absolutely. Nice, guys. Well, I know, let's, let's reverse roles for a second. I know you guys had a couple questions for us. So why don't you take over the microphone and ask away? Yeah. Oh, Teddy, are you pumped? Teddy has been, he just took his shirt off, and you know what he did? He's been rubbing his chest with baby oil. Get ready. Are you gentlemen ready? Let's do it, ready, man. man. I just watched Rocky oh, Four last so night, ready. so I'm ready. Really? Really? <laughs> he, he looks like a juvenile Sasquatch, but thank God we're on radio. Yeah, thank God. Thank God. So, guys, basically, you know, talking about, talking about your, your college, uh, CSUN, okay? Now, that was actually San Fernando's. San Fernando Valley State at one point, correct? Yeah, it was uh, founded in 1956 or 1958, I believe, as San Fernando. You're wrong, sir. It's 1958. It's 1958. Gotcha. You well, got me. We, we so, were testing you. Two questions. Now, in 1958, the there was a student body vote to choose uh, the mascot. And they chose the Matadors as a school mascot. Now, given that they were still San Fernando Valley State, I mean, out of 158 nominations, I'm sure there were some good ones in there. But in Well, a few things. First, I think, you know, some of those words I don't think we can actually put on, you know, scholarship letters, applications for people. I don't know how their parents would feel about, uh, you know, applying to that school and or what a major would be like. Congratulations, you are now a fluffer. At a school like that. Exactly. Fluffer University. Um, So I I would say, uh, you know, Cal State State University Northridge. It's simple. CSUN, you know, simple from there. And the fact of a 
Matador, let's think about it. We talked about improv, being quick on your feet, be able to move around, much like I'm trying to do right now around your questions. That's what Matadors do, man. They, they're fast. They're like two guards. They're uh, NBA kind of right. players. So they take yeah, the bull head American. on. Radio Cons is American. But have, have you guys suffered any backlash from, like, the hippies or the anti-bullfighting contingent? Uh, the Matadors, <laughs> you know, there's a whole big thing with the bullfighters. And, 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 yeah, any hippies kicking up dust for the name? Not so far, but to, to tell you the truth, people who've gone to the school, me and Ernesto and ourselves were both alumni, and the actual mascot and of... And bullfighters, too. And bullfighters, uh, uh, along with a few things, and spies and private detectives, and uh, might be superheroes. But anyways, the actual mascot of Cal State Northridge, anybody who goes here, are squirrels. There are squirrels <laughs> everywhere around Cal State Northridge. Seriously, they're there when you're studying, you're hanging out, you know, you're meeting somebody, there's a squirrel or two around, and I, I would throw them almonds or whatnot. They're around my apartment. I don't live too far from the school, and they have squirrels around there. So like a Southern California squirrel, that's kind of what we're going for, you know, and squirrels are pretty cute and quick and agile, so uh, this is American. People like that stuff. Does so Southern California squirrel have like you know Botox and big boobs or what? It works out. So it's very good looking squirrels. Very good looking. Some of them have been seen in yoga pants, so they're actually pretty popular. <laughs> All right, I have, I have another question for you, gentlemen. Okay, in 2010, CSUN dropped their men's and women's swimming teams after the Los Angeles River dried up and its concrete embankments were converted into a natural game preserve to contain Sylvester Stallone and prevent him from releasing yet another Rocky film. Is there any truth to that statement? Well, unfortunately, it's not true because he is releasing another Rocky film called Creed, which is supposed to be based off of Apollo's son. But uh, I actually was a student at that time when that happened to the swim team. They were trying to fundraise money to stay afloat. Unfortunately, because of Title IX and things going on with the NCAA, we didn't have funding for the swim team. But actually talking about, um, you know, CSUN has a lot of Olympic athletes, coaches, great programs here on campus. We just opened up a sand volleyball program. They had their first game a couple weeks ago, and the coach for that, Jeff Stork, is a five-time gold medalist, played for Team USA when it comes to volleyball. So, I mean, uh, you know, Sylvester Sloan's probably going to make a a Rocky, you know, mock movie off that eventually. I just want Tango and Cash, guys. I think we deserve a Tango and Cash, too. Tango and Cash. Still cashing in or something like that. Well, get ready ready, because Sloan, apparently this year, is a double threat. He's releasing a new Rambo movie as well. Whoa. You gentlemen are aware of that, aren't you? Whoa, I am now. So it's I called know. Last Blood, and and I Last just Blood. You not. That is awesome. That is the best thing. Last Blood. Oh my god. Well, it's full circle Google then. It. Instead of Google First it. Blood, or yeah, except First Blood is the can't first make one. It up, dude. This That's is Last Blood. Dude. I don't want to shoot that. <laughs> this is amazing. That's We're... why I said. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, the last... they should have trapped him in a dry shop when he pulled it. The last, the last <laughs> Rambo was doing in, uh, in Burma. Everybody. That was actually good because it was just like, here's Rambo as it should be every single time. He's just killing loads of people. Yeah, but dude, there was, there was no, I mean, there's never been a lot of logic in Rambo, but for that one, okay, one thing, I don't know why it kept sticking out, but his veins are like just straight up out there, right? You're saying, hey, what's up? What's a vein? Oh, what's up, Stallone? Like they're, they're almost HGH, there. Dude, he, he freely admitted that. Dude. He does HGH and he's like, this should be legal for everybody. Okay, exactly. So I those mean, veins if, are out if there. You're a professional athlete, why not? Okay, and I've seen a few episodes of Grey's Anatomy and House and uh, Bones and things like that, so I can tell you, veins, if they get like snipped or shot by like a, a knife or a, a Burmian soldier who's trying to hit you with some bullets, you're going to die. And that fool should have been dead like half an hour in that movie because like, he's too big. It's not <laughs> safe anymore for Rambo to go to other countries and fight. So Last Blood, man, I hope it's in the organ again. It should be in the same place. He should be walking and then a, a mean Brian Dennehy looking guy uh, tries to attack him. And right now I'm going to say because I'm on a tangent, Seth MacFarlane should play that character because that would help his career out. Uh, it's probably going to be Will Ferrell. He's in everything now. <laughs> yeah, probably. What they should do is they should take Sylvester Stallone and put him on a spaceship and send him to the you know the Predators, right? That was with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. But no, hold on. I'm going somewhere with this thought, Teddy. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Okay, now, predators are like a species just like us, and they bleed and they can die, correct? Yes. Which also presumes the fact that they have to age. So why not have Sylvester Stallone go to the predator planet and find an old folks' home with predators and get into a fight <laughs> with the old predators so it kind of evens out the table? The last predator. <laughs> yeah, the last, pre- last blood, last predator. You're an idiot. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that was kind of established in episode one of Hello Neighbor. Okay, well, that would be awesome. Well, do you have any other specific questions you got for us? Any uh, 
I mean, we asked, you know, one question I would hope you'd ask is that we asked you guys any shows that um, our listeners might not know about to tell us about. And I got to wonder, you know, if some of your listeners listen to this, any shows that we could provide you? Because I have about one or two on the dock, and Ernesto maybe does as well. So would you be interested? Yes, we would actually love to have you guys on our show. And are you asking us to for for suggestions for other podcasts to listen to as well? I didn't understand the question. Oh no, I'm just saying, is it all right if we give you some tips or not tips, but yes. like ideas for shows as well? I was I, I was saying attention. Yes, please. Okay, awesome for a Redskins fan too. That's pretty good. Attention. That's a little better than RG3's concentration. But sorry, I won't be mean anymore. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'll give, I'll give you guys one quick show, and I know Connor will give you guys a few. He's a little more versed in the TV realm than I am, but uh, I got to go with Game of Thrones, man. It's probably the only show I watch uh, with my busy lifestyle. You got dragons, sorcerers, <laughs> knights, uh, you know, Russell Crowe's. Everything. Uh, you got everything, man. I mean, you got. I mean, what, what more could you ask for? You have revenge and friends backstabbing each other, people trying to conquer things. I mean, it's America. It's awesome. It's American-made, world-approved. What's been your favorite season so far? Oh, man, I got to say, it, it just keeps getting better. It, it, probably okay. my favorite moment was the whole, like, ice dragon baby, and I was like, is this Thor, the dark world? <laughs> or I don't even know where we're going right now with okay. this. But uh, what about you, brother? Okay, I got to say, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I'm hoping maybe Banshee. Have you heard about this show on Cinemax? I've heard about it. I, I don't have Cinemax. I have not seen it. I've heard very good things about it from my sister. She told she doesn't work for the government to go home and watch TV. Yeah. It's very bad, bad uh, bourbon. But, um, I just assumed it was a documentary about my ex-girlfriend, so <laughs> I just had no interest in it whatsoever. <laughs> okay. I like it. I but, like uh, it. Well, uh, Game, of Thrones, Game of Thrones, I have seen. I have seen all, uh, all seasons one through four. Yeah. So I didn't bring that up because it's not going on right now. Yeah. But the one thing that I, the one thing I wish they had shown is, um, is when... The armies attack the wall. Uh, the mad, whatever, mad, mad raiders armies yeah. attack the wall. The giant, who is actually a um, ex professional basketball player, storming down the tunnel. <laughs> Those five guys, they don't show the fight. Yeah. They just sort of walk them out, and all six of them are dead. I wanted them to show that fight. Yeah. That's true. Probably what, like for editing purposes or budget restraints? No, it or? would have been a tougher moment. It would have been a more emotional moment because that guy, you really saw his heroicness in that point. He's like the only guy that John could actually trust at that point, and he gave his life yeah. for him, you know, in That's that tunnel, you know, fighting against the Kanbei <laughs> Matumbo. Which giant are you guys referring to? Was that the one in, uh, with uh, Billy Crystal and Giant? No, 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 no. We're not talking about Andre. I hope okay. that movie's a kid, I'll be honest. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Game of Thrones is awesome, man. I mean, that last, that episode nine, season four. Like, of four seasons, just personally, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm tired of the cool people always dying. The people are actually good people. And I'm tired of just the bad people always winning. And I'm, they're always kind of not giving me what I want. I still haven't seen a dragon do anything cool. And the episode nine, I mean, I get giants. I get elephants. I get big arrows. I get John, like, getting his face hit on, like, an anvil and taking out this cannibal dude. And then, uh, you know, it's just overall, it was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, but, then, but then the hot redhead dies. That so, little pit squeak. Yeah, she did, but it had to go. So, uh, you know, guys, we pre- no. she she had to go. They for could the bring show. her back to life. They should. She's hot. Hey, well, Tommy and Teddy, unfortunately, <laughs> brothers, that's all the time we have today here on the set show. It's been a pleasure oh. hosting you guys. And um, before we sign off, before I let Connor say bye to you guys, uh, where can uh, Matador, CSUN students, and the set show listeners out there, where they, where can they listen to your guys' podcast and find you on the internet every day? We're so thrilled that you flicked the nipple and gave us a little promo there. <laughs> we'll tell your beautiful CSUN nation how to give us a shout-out or listen to our shows. You can actually go to fanate.com. We have a new episode of Hello Neighbor up every single week, usually airing on Thursday or Friday. Tomorrow we're actually going to interview the Sklar Brothers. Uh, oh, they're a comedy awesome. twin duo out of L.A. that you may be familiar with. They did Cheap Seats Absolutely. and uh, Entourage. a bunch of other things. So perhaps some of your listeners are familiar with their work. We're interviewing them tomorrow. Okay. Additionally, you can go on to SoundCloud and hit us up there. Just uh, do a search for fanate.com. On Twitter, it is fanate.1. And where can you find us on that? No, just fanate.1. Fanate official on Facebook. That's right. Official. Official. Yes. We ain't pretenders. We ain't haters. Not to be confused with the first company fan I made, which makes great creeps. That's right. <laughs> Okay, guys, well, we appreciate it. You guys were great guests, and it was cool to kind of switch the tables and us to answer, answer some questions, to be honest. That was awesome. And, uh, yeah, let us know. We'd, we'd be uh, blessed and uh, honored to be a guest on the show if you ever want us. You know, talk about some random football stuff and uh, how awesome oh, it is it, in it California. It's going to be random. Yeah. We, we got experts. You and Ernesto. Am I speaking to Ernesto or Connor right now? Both. Both? Both. Both. Okay. That's how it's been working the entire time. All right. So the <laughs> twins. 
I'm addressing you right now. The CSUN Twins, we want you. We're, we're formally rolling out the red carpet. We want you guys on Fan 8 off air. We're going to work out the details, but we're getting you on Hello Neighbor as fantasy sports experts. So bring the Sunda. Absolutely, man. We look forward right, to it. man. Okay. Sounds let good. The, let the Rocky carpet? music cue. Well, well, we'll, buy, we'll rent a red carpet from Lowe's. Do I need to It'll buy more guys. baby oil and, and stuff like that? Or? Yeah. Yes. Start doing <laughs> yoga. Probably oil, gentlemen. Yeah, probably oil with a little bit of chow. And, and seriously, we, we want to extend our great thanks and um, honor for you guys actually bringing us onto your show. It's been a great pleasure and privilege for both Teddy and I. So once again, to the entire CSUN Nation, thank you guys. You guys run an incredible podcast, and uh, you guys are both great, and we'll make sure to promote your show as well on our end as well. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thank you so much. Have a great evening, guys. All right, Set Show fans. Well, as you just heard the interview from Tommy and Teddy from fanape.com, check out their show on soundcloud.com as well. Hello, neighbor, every week. And, Connor, it sounds like there's just two friends, two buddies on the East Coast that like to talk about sports, movies, and have a podcast. You ever heard of any friends like that? Yeah, I think I might, dude. I don't know. Are they in this room or this vicinity? It's crazy to think about. You know, that's just it's just one of those things that friends do together. You know, you're watching a game, and you're like, hey, we could do that, you know, just like how we did it. So they were great guests. We've got to talk about a lot of different topics so certainly appreciate that guys as we said listeners make sure to check out all their social media sites they dropped and uh, we're looking forward to be a, a guest on their show soon and what we're also looking forward to is getting into the NFL getting back into the set show that sports entertainment talk and Connor I mean I could ask you a bajillion questions about what's gone on this week man but just give me right off the bat right off the top of your head give me your one two biggest surprises of free agency maybe signings that you just really didn't see coming well I think after today you got to be surprised about the Philadelphia Eagles man I mean they just signed Ryan Matthews three years almost 12 million and now they just signed DeMarco Murray to over 40 million 40 million total so where are they going to is there enough balls to, to give around for these guys to run the ball? You know, I don't what's going on? Not only did DeMarco Murray have 392 rushes last season, he also had a season high in re- or a career high in receptions with about 40 to 50, man. So, yeah. I mean, with Chip Kelly running that many plays, I mean, you know Chip, uh, Chip Kelly's offense, I mean, he's going to be getting the ball even more, no? Yeah, well, I mean, actually, Ryan Matthews, maybe they could be more of a committee. Just because he's in the backfield doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get the ball. So, having yeah. them both back there, and then a Chris Polk almost in the slot, that's there's so much you could do. Wild had different options and Darren Sproles and Darren Sproles different things out of the slot I mean wow I mean that's it's it could be pretty scary if they do and you got maybe it's smart for DeMarco because you think hey maybe I get more money and let less carries and I mean this is a business so that sounds pretty awesome to me so Philadelphia and also trading for former number one pick Sam Bradford over Nick Foles trading Nick Foles over I mean I think he's a better player overall I think Sam Bradford's a better player because when he's healthy he has a better accuracy a better at quick slants better at quick passes which is really what the Philadelphia Eagles defense uh, or offense is I gotta just wonder what Philadelphia fans are really thinking out there. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about the let's talk about the move that the Indianapolis Colts have made, bringing Frank Gore in at the running back situation, releasing Trent Richardson, and then also bringing in my favorite wide receiver, Hall of Fame Andre Johnson. Yeah. What do you think these moves do to the offensive side of the football for the Colts? Well, I know you're a big Andre Johnson guy, and I think he's still a good player. But I think you know, 21 million to seven million a year is still a little. A little steep a price to pay for that guy I think he's got one more good season in him but still he's losing the separation speed and things that you need uh, to really be an effective receiver and they have guys like T.Y. Hilton like Dante Moncrief and I think guys like that have more upside fast guys fast you know plus they're cheaper so in football talk you know just regular they do become a better team because on on third down you know you need that just possession receiver Andre Johnson could do that you know he's still tall he's still bigger but Moncrief T.Y. Hilton it's really funny because in a fantasy perspective I was already texting with some friends our former guest Tony Espinosa shout out to him and uh, we talked about how Andre Johnson's probably going to go a little higher. I know you said, what, fifth round, sixth round, you would think about it? Fantasy, man, he's got, you got to get him in the fourth or fifth. He's probably going to be gone. Fourth or fifth round. So you, see, you take Andre Johnson then, then I could possibly get, what, T.Y. Hilton in the seventh or eighth round? Ugh. That's a ridiculous value because T.Y. Hilton still has the most upside on that offense. And then Amon Creef in the 14th round, something like that. You can still get a good team. So Indianapolis Colts have made some big moves. They also got Todd Harriman's former offensive guard from the Eagles, speaking to them. Trent Cole, a former defensive end. And uh, like you said, Frank Gore, who's a still got some tread on the tires, another former um, Miami University guy. What about Speaking about Miami, what about the Dolphins making Indomitian Sue the highest paid defensive player? I mean, the guy's not better than J.J. Watt, man. I mean, No, he's not. Are the Dolphins... Just 
just going all in on defense? Well, he's still good enough that he can really change your team, and they do have some young, talented players in that defense. And that offense, you know, does have some players going on. I still got Mike Wallace, still got Landry, Ryan Tannehill, and whatnot, and um, and the running back, another guy from Miami. So, you know, he went for the money. There's no state tax in Florida, so that certainly helped. You know, the Raiders who were possibly going after him, they would have had to pay like $30 million more just to try to go over that. So, Good for them. And they want to make a signing. And you got to think about that division, bro. You got Tom Brady, you know, basically the best quarterback in there. So you got to try to have someone to stop him two times a year. And Dom Kinsu is certainly going to make life harder for Tom. All right. Last question I want to ask you directly related to free agency is do, do we talked about this? Darrell Revis yeah, dude. getting five years, $70 million. Wow. I, I mean, is he really worth that much money? He's made over $120 million in his career now. As a defensive wow. back, the highest that's ever happened. You know, that's like baseball. Kudos money. to him, man! Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, he's come save through. your money. He holds out, but he comes through when he plays. He he dominates. You know, so he earns that money. That's how it works in this business. So uh, it's funny he went back, but they also re-signed Cromartie today. So right. another cornerback. So this is like the 2009 Jets right now. You you almost need Sean Green, and you got the whole team back together. But I gotta ask you, man, cause since you know so much about football, free agency, and the draft, why do teams release players and then sign them back several years later and end up, you know, paying them more money? How does how does that make sense? Well, yeah, actually, he's getting paid more money from that. Well, that's like a market thing, the inflation of how overall contracts have gotten more expensive. And cap room has gone up. Yeah, right? exactly. So there's just more to spend now. Um, but ultimately, it's a business. You know, it's a business. You don't want to pay that guy then. He wants to go somewhere else. So you trade him, get something for him. And then eventually, if the price is right and you need him, you sign him back. I mean, there's people who look at this game as like, you know, as emotional as you think it is. It's not. For the actual players and the businesses or whatnot, this is about money. It's about what's the best for your team value wise. So I'm certainly not surprised that Joel Reeves signed what, for that money. Was there any other moves in free agencies? Like, you know, Haloti Nada went to the Lions. Was there any other moves in free agency that really surprised you or that you, you know, that you saw coming or didn't see coming? I didn't see the Saints trading Jimmy. Yeah, holy! I, wow, I didn't, didn't see, even mention that. Yeah, I thought that would certainly, you know, because you can see he's the best receiver. I mean, Colston's old. Brandon Cooks was hurt, so it seems like he's the most dominating. And then to trade him to the to another NFC rival that you would have to play in the NFC Championship, you know. So the Seahawks just got way better. Wow! Wow! I mean, yeah. Okay, so who, who would you say the best remaining free agents are still out there on the market? Well, I like a guy like Kenny Britt. He's a big receiver, still has a lot of talent. Another receiver in Hugh Doug or Harry Douglas, a really talented guy. You have an offensive guard in Justin Blaylock, former guy that played for the Falcons. And uh, you know, there's certain other players out there, but overall, you know, the, the key, the marquee guys are gone. Uh, Mason Foster, former linebacker of Tampa Bay. Michael Johnson just got released from Tampa Bay defensive end. Dwayne Bowe, former receiver for the Chiefs. Um, so a few good players out there. The Raiders have made some moves. We always want to talk about the Raiders. We signed Dan Williams. To me, he was a better rated guy than a guy like Terrence Knight. He was at a cheaper price. He's younger. And none of the guys that we've signed have been older than 28. So last year was a lot of over 30 guys. These guys are all younger. So three-year deals, then we get them before their prime is over. Dan Williams on one of the best defenses last year. is a big run stuffer. Rodney Hudson, uh, the best center in the league, I, I believe. And now he's paid like that. But he was on the, uh, you know, we talked about Jamal Charles last year. He was our number one rated free agent last, last week in our top five. So it worked out because a guy like center who can call, call different plays at the line, can do different coverages for what they have to do and be really mobile is going to be really valuable in this in this new Raiders offense. Well, give me a quick grade. If you had to grade the Raiders right now with their free agent signing after our GM game on our last episode, Best yeah. AI Movies, check that out on soundcloud.com backslash the set show. But what would you say the Raiders grade right now is in free agency? I would say uh, a B. You know, okay. like an 84, like just over 83, 84, just over a B minus. I like Roy Hulu, like I talked about, really talented player. I like Dan Williams. I like Rodney Hudson. Curtis Lofton, you know, has aged a little bit, but he still had 145 tackles last year. He was a captain on the team. We haven't had a consistent middle linebacker in a while, so not too bad. All right, brother. Before we move away from the NFL, I got to ask you a last question. It's, I kind of have some concern. You have these Pro Bowl guys in their prime retiring from the NFL. Like we mentioned in the interview with Tommy and Teddy, Patrick Willis, the guy, last name is Worlds. Jason Worlds. Well, yeah. what, what, what's happening? Are, are we going to continue to see this in the NFL where our favorite players are retiring early? It might be health issues. Maybe they're now understanding that if they keep playing this game, it's going to affect their health and their lives forever i well, mean are you concerned yeah man well it's just a life thing i mean you're, you're a parent you understand you know you want to live for the future of your kids and uh you know if you're going to get injured in this game it's not worth it so save your money 
retire at a time so you can still be able to play with your kids and not be injured, you know? And that's why it's the NFL. Not, not for long, long, man. Yeah. But you know what's going to last long is this podcast because we're going to move show. on to the NBA, set show, sports, entertainment, talk. And Connor, let's talk about who the MVP right now is in the NBA. Obviously, everybody's talking about James Harden, Steph Curry, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook. Uh, out of those four guys, why don't you rank them for me in terms of who you think is winning the MVP race in the NBA right now? As of right now, to me, you got to go Curry or LeBron number one. I mean, what LeBron has done in the last month since they came back, he's really you know found his rhythm with that team. He's playing amazing. He's still the best player in the league. You know, mm-hmm. Steph Curry in a tough Western Conference. He's just been dominating, doing whatever he wants. He's been the most exciting. So when it comes to voting wise, you understand. So I think it's a close one to two with Curry and LeBron. Three, I think recently it's got to be Russell. Man, he's just been ridiculous. Triple doubles all day. The most exciting point guard we've seen in a long time. And for me, last for me is James Harden because James Harden for me is a new Tracy McGrady. Like he's going to be a scorer, but a player like that who doesn't really play defense doesn't exactly make your team better and or win you championships. And I know here on our notes you put that Kobe is officially coming back next season. Uh, we talked about uh, this a lot with Tommy and Teddy, but. Uh what else can we say about the Black Mamba, man? Well, basically, you know, we didn't know exactly what do you think about retiring. He basically came out and said, no, I'm, the retirement was not ever a thought in my mind. That's not happening. I'll be there. Um, so now we officially know he's doing his rehab, and he's at least going to try to come back as good as he can next year. And for how much he's getting paid, let's hope it's pretty good, man. What he basically said was, no, I'm going to pick up my last paycheck, yeah. and I'll be there. But uh, like you said yesterday, man, he is really going to go all out yeah. and give us his best. And uh, his, his jersey is going to be hanging up in the rafters, and he's going to get a statue in front of Staples Center. Well, say you buy EC3 a jersey jersey for his first laker jersey which laker would you buy jersey? dude i'm buying him like a jj watt jersey man okay <laughs> okay i get that copy that uh but uh, all right well that was that was nba talk that was nfl talk let's get into the entertainment portion of the show let's talk movies and let's talk about what's in theaters this week connor give us your movies theaters this week you have the new adaptation of cinderella uh, so a Disney story or whatnot. Wait, is this a remake in Hollywood? Yeah, another. there you go. Another remake in Hollywood. But this time we have the King of the North, Rob Stark in it, playing oh, the prince. Okay. Helen Obama Carter, she's in all the Tim Burton movies she's in. And we have a new upcoming actress, a British girl, uh, playing Cinderella. And Kate Blanchett is playing like the evil stepwitch or stepmother or whatever. So classic story. You can take your kids to it. Maybe you can go on a date. There's going to be good Disney music. There's going to be times where you're... Uh, almost cry and times where you almost laugh and uh, something in between. So that's number one this week, Cinderella. And number two. Number two is kind of more my style, Liam Neeson action movie, you know, run all night. Basically, Liam Neeson and his kid, the guy who played Robocop, Joel Kinahan, um, they're... Liam Neeson killed Ed Harris. Let me start from the beginning. Liam Neeson killed Ed Harris's son. They're ex-gangsters or whatnot. He calls him and tells him. Now he says, hey, I'm going to kill your kid. So now Liam Neeson has to basically shoot all of the bad guys that we're going to look at in that 24 hours with his son by him and can't let his son shoot anybody because then he'll become a criminal. So it's one versus like 30. You know I like underdog stories, man. Uh, just one gun. Just Liam Neeson walking into bars and places and starting gunfights. So number two this week, run all night. Check it out in theaters. I mean, sounds like the typical Liam Neeson movie. All right. Well, what about what's coming out on D? DVD this week if I want to stay home, sit on my couch, relax, make some kettle corn, popcorn yeah. in the microwave. What am I going to watch on DVD this week? Well, first for you, realistically, too, EC3, you guys can watch uh, Penguins of Madagascar. Nice, man. I saw this in theaters, actually. Wasn't that the first movie you took him to? Uh, first movie I ever took my son to. Very entertaining film. You have uh, four penguins uh, who are spies who, you know, do espionage and secret <laughs> missions. So, I mean, like, it's kind of like Top Gun mixed with James Bond. I mean, not you know. Were you uh, entertained too, as an adult? I, I was entertained. I was entertained, but just seeing my kid happy, watching the movie. I mean, it's it's a it's an animated film. You know, you get okay. you get everything that you ask for in the movie. Check that out. And then number two is Top 5, a Chris Rock movie, Rosario Dar- uh, Dawson. Basically, he's playing a, an actor who's trying to get taken seriously again. He has, he's kind of walking around New York in an interview with Rosario Dawson. Things are happening and whatnot. Pretty funny movie. I haven't had a chance to see it myself, but I've heard good things. Uh, so Top 5, see, and also directed by Chris Rock. So Top 5 is the number two on DVD this week. All right, Set Show fans, and now for the biggest moment in our entertainment section of the Set Show, Connor is going to bring you his American movie movie of the week. I thought this was America. Huh? Isn't this America? I'm sorry. I thought this was America. 
American movie of the week this week, Boondock Saints. Kind of an honor of the fact that St. Patrick's Day is this Tuesday. Let's keep it Irish. Let's keep it cool. This is probably one of the cooler movies that we have in that scenario. Boondock Saints, directed by Troy Murphy. This 1999 movie starring Norman, Norman Reedus. You'd know him from The Walking Dead now. Sean Patrick Flannery, William Defoe, Billy Connolly. William Defoe was awesome. You would know he was he was the bad guy in Spider-Man 1 and 2. Been a lot of good movies in Platoon. Uh, just a great actor in general. And, and what's uh, this movie about? Okay, so two fraternal twins basically set out to take out all the evil in Boston. You know, so all the gangsters or whatnot, and while they're being tracked down by um, William Defoe, who's an FBI agent. But you don't know who they are. You just know that they're brothers and that they do a prayer after every time they get in a gunfight and uh, or whatnot. And it's just really cool, man. They take out like the series, the whole organized crime in Boston. And another a cool Irish movie. So really fitting for St. Patrick's Day. Check it out this week. Your American Movie of the Week, Boondock Saints, America. Spe- speaking of St. Patty's Day, one of our favorite holidays in college. I know that. Let's give, let's give the set show listeners out there our top five five favorite Irish pubs here in Los Angeles. So good! Once it hits your lips, it's so good! Number five... 90 West Lounge, 12740 Culver Boulevard. Nice chill lounge. They got a pool table, all the little sports things to have fun with. You get free popcorn as, as like a, you know, a little finger food. So a good place to check out, 90 West Lounge. Number four. Number four, the Woodman, a valley, place in the valley that all the valley people can go to, a chill restaurant slash pub, and uh, good drinks, good people, good times. Number three. Number three, the Village Idiot. I think you and I actually went there back in the day when we lived on the mile. And uh, Village Idiot, 7383 Melrose Avenue. New in Hollywood. Just good a nice crowd. chill place. Yeah, good crowd, good food. Number two. Number two, we went there for your birthday, buddy. Brickyard Pub Hell yeah, off Magnolia, man. you know, in, in Noho, in North Hollywood. So it's a good place to check out. They have beer pong, they have pool tables, uh, nice atmosphere, a lot of beers on tap, a lot of just uh, overall st- liquor if you want it. And this is one of those newer generation Los Angeles bars where they only serve you the beer in the bottle, but it had yeah. everything we could ask for. It had a beer pong, it had pool tables, it had the little sand game where you slide the thing across the table yeah. in America. You had a good birthday, right? I did. America. Number one. Number Number one, Tom Bergen's 840 South Fairfax. When I used to work in advertising, I used to I used to live in that area. I used to go there a lot for happy hour. Really authentic. You walk in, you feel like you're in Ireland. And uh, I've, I've been there for St. Patrick's Day celebrations, and it's just really, really fun. A lot of local celebs will walk around. People have said they see Russell Crowe there all the time, guys like Kiefer Sutherland. So, you know, that doesn't necessarily make it better, but it's kind of a cool atmosphere. It's a very famous bar. And if you're coming to visit Los Angeles in general, it's really one of those landmarks you want to check out. And I got to give a quick honorable mention when we mention Irish pub. In Los Angeles, for me, it's Busby's West Ooh, nice. in Santa Monica. Yeah. I, I went there a lot when I used to went to go to Santa Monica College. Lived in Westwood. I mean, great bar, man. Young crowd, college crowd, good DJs, good vibes, good times, just like the set show. Yeah, and we used to go to Busby's East too. East too, back in the day. Remember East and so West. Busby's man. in general. Bloods the set and show. These guys have been around. <laughs> We've been doing that. So yeah, uh, great episode, man. Great episode. And before we sign off, I want Connor to give all our listeners out there where you can find us, our social media. Uh, episode 10 is under wraps. Next week, Set Show fans, we yeah. have a big guest coming on, Jay Morris, assistant coach on CSUN men's basketball team, who unfortunately today they lost to UC Davis as the eighth seed close in, the, in the Big West tournament. It was a very close game. CSUN actually led the game by double digits at one point in the second half they played their hearts out and for the resources and the players they have right now they played a great game we're looking forward to him on the show next week he's a former professional athlete and connor you give the listeners tell us where they can find us every week thanks brother so at the set show on twitter soundcloud.com the set show facebook.com the set show just the set show in general it's the sports it's the entertainment it's the talk my name's connor falk his name is Ernest casillas we're just friends talking about friendly stuff we hope we made your day better have a nice night. Special thanks to Rocky South Park, the movie OldSchoolBenSound.com, and of course Tommy and Teddy from FanApe.com.